I want somebody to tell me if I'm dying or not. Because today <laughs> we had dinner where one of my daughters wanted to have a dinner for us. And she said she had four or five of her family going to be there. And then all of them, 22 of them showed up. So I don't know if there's something happening to me that they didn't told me yet or what's going on. But we had a house full, had a great time. My, my grandson out from California came over and my granddaughter, his daughter, and, and uh, he had been to the Holy Land. And me and him sat and talked about the Holy Land and places he'd been. And I had read about all of them, of course, in the Bible. And he got to go there and and walk there and be there and just had a great time. He said he went down where David got his rocks out of the creek in that valley. And uh, he said, of course, Papa, you know all about it. I said, I haven't been there, but uh, I read about it. I know exactly what he's talking about, all the places me and him talked about. Had a great time today with the family. Uh, one of the things I want to share with you tonight, though, before I get started it, how much I appreciate you ladies that takes care of the children in the back because God uses you where you know it because, and of course I know you do, but uh, uh, like this morning, the, the little girl that comes with her grandpa says over here, I can never think of her name, Casey, and uh, she came and uh, brought her daddy. Well, not uh, several, some time ago she brought her, her this is her stepdaddy, Several, some time ago she got me to go see her, her daddy and I got to lead him to the Lord. I think it's four or five people that she has been responsible for of getting them here to church or me going to see and getting saved. And this morning after church, that big old fella got up and walked down here in front, sat down here with me and I got to talk with him and lead him to the Lord. And uh, just a just a great day this has been. And uh, I want you to know, too, uh, that the iPod that we're uh, uh, recording, uh, all the people of the church is calling me and saying, uh, Preacher, we can't be there, but we're watching. So you all behave yourself. They're watching you. And uh, so they are. They're watching in, on, on that. And uh, the Lord is just really blessing right now. And I just thank God for it. But continue to pray, continue to come if you can, take care of yourself, and God will bless. Now tonight, Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. I want to read a little bit now, and I'd like for you just to uh, stay along with me. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also his flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, being of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented the Lord uh, that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and fowls of the air, for repent of me that I have made them. And it goes down in the next verse, said, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
And then it gives the generations of Noah. Now, turn over with me to Matthew chapter 6. I mean chapter 24. Sorry, Matthew chapter 24. I want to begin to read in verse 32. Matthew 24, verse 32. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When his branch... Uh, when the branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man no, not the angel of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall be two in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinded at meal, one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doeth come. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight in Jesus' precious name. I desire blessing for everyone here and everyone that's listening, Lord, that you bless us from reading and studying of thy word. Help us to get our minds and body and soul and spirit ready for your soon return, because what we honestly believe is at the door. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been asked several times lately, uh, Preacher, do you believe that all of this is happening is, is Jesus getting ready to come back? Well, I know He is. Amen. And uh, you look at these things that's happening, and the Bible never wants His children to be in the dark. Uh, he always wants us to be ready. He said, be ye ready. In the day you know not when He's coming. But we can know things that's getting in order for His return. Now, where He comes tomorrow, where He comes tonight, or where He comes 10 years or 20 years or 100 years from now, one thing you've got to know, though, He is coming. Amen? And these things are going to happen. What will it be like uh, what was it like in Noah's day? Now remember he said, But as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Now what was it like in Noah's day? I believe the, pro the world was probably universally warm and had a mild climate. It probably had no deserts or ice caps. Uh, less green vegetation probably covered the lands. There was no rainfall. The dews and springs watered the land. Now, how intelligent were the people of that day? I know one thing, they were not cave men. They didn't drag their women around by the hair of their head and they wore no clothes and beat them with clubs. That's not the kind of people that lived in that day. We got them picked wrong in our history, uh, but uh, the intelligent, they, they were very intelligent people that lived back in those days. I think God's civilization before the flood probably was more advanced in knowledge and science than today. They've been all kind of things on the earth that's been found like the landing strips down in Peru. It was put there centuries ago 
and uh, drawings of spaceships in Mexico up on the walls of caves and things. In ancient China, they found aluminum uh, belts in ancient graves. And you can go on and on mentioning several things that gives us the clue to that civilization back then that those were knowledgeable people. They were very intelligent people in Noah's day. Now, Noah preached and built the ark for 120 years and he had only eight souls saved. Did you ever ask yourself why the people were so sinful and against God in those days? I've heard people say, well, we're not living in such terrible days as we back then uh, before the flood came. Well, the Bible says that as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when Jesus come back. Now, did they have the same chance as you and I have to be saved? Yes, they did. They had the witness of nature, same as you and I do today. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power in God is, so that they are without excuse. What I'm trying to say, they had the same things that you and I have today, back in Noah's day, that me and you have today. Nobody's without excuse. Somebody comes along and says, I don't believe God because God hasn't showed Himself. Oh, yes, He has. In nature and everything else around us, God has shown Himself. Uh, they had the witness of conscience, same as you and I have today. Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts and their conscience, also bearing witness in their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. So they had the same as you and I do today, the witness of the conscience, they had the promise of the Savior, or Redeemer, same as you and I have today. Genesis 3, verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's talking about Jesus coming to defeat the devil, even back in those days, same as today. They had the knowledge of Scripture, same as you and I have today. Genesis 14, verse 4, And Abel... He also brought of the firstlings of the flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Now let me ask you something. How did he know to bring an offering? Because he had taught, he'd been taught the Scripture by his dad and mother. And so we know somebody had to teach it to him because he knew to bring an offering for worship. They had the preaching of Enoch, same as you and I do today. If you get over in the book of Jude, Verses 14 and 15, it talks about the same preaching that you preached back then. He preaches us today. Repent. Now, they had the preaching of Noah. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And spared not the old world, but loved uh, saith Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So, they had the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Genesis 6, verse 3. And the Lord said, My Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, shall not always strive a man, for he has also in flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. 
So we know that back in Noah's day they had all these things to witness to them, same as you and I have today. They weren't any different than you and I today. They had the same God, the same Holy Spirit, the same witness of nature, everything, the preaching of God's Word, they had everything that you and I have today to get saved, they had it back then. Now, how did their age or times compare with ours? What were their sins compared to those of today? In Luke chapter 17, verses 26 through 27 says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered in the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. You know what that's saying? They went about daily life and did not worship. It didn't say in that verse nowhere that they didn't worship or they did worship. They're just the same as people are doing today. They forget about God's house. They forget about worship. And they went about doing just everyday chores in the day then as they're doing today. You say, preacher, is Jesus coming again? Well, here's one thing I know. He did come once. Amen. And I believe then He did. the flood came. The world was destroyed once. And the Bible said He's going to do it again. And Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, but this time it's going to not be by water, it's going to be by fire. You say, preacher, how can we know when the earth is going to burn up and Jesus is coming? You know what I say? Look at the times. That's what Jesus said in Luke. Turn over there for me. Let's read right here in Matthew 24 for a minute, verse 36. Verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But in the days of Noah were, so shall the Son of, come and the Son of Man be. And He gives you what's going to be happening in those times. Two be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women be grinding at the mill, one taken, the other left. Now go over to Luke chapter 17 for a minute. And Luke chapter 17. And look with me, please, in verse 26. Luke 17, verse 26. And as it were in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered in the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Now, how can you know when the earth is going to be burned up? Just take a look at the times. Compare them with Noah's day. They did the same thing that men are doing today. That means then that Jesus is not for all. There are at least 11 comparisons to Noah's day and our day. Number one, preoccupation with physical appetites. Luke chapter 17. Look with me please in verse 27. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. That's physical appetites. That's physical lean, not spiritual things. Notice again, rapid advancements in technology. Genesis 4 verse 22. Uh, they were only interested in material things. Luke 17 verse 28. Likewise also, as it were in the days of Noah, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. That's just the material things. That's all they're interested in. That's right. Just like today, great philosophers was in their day. Second Peter 3, verse 3 through 6. Devoted to pleasure and comfort. Genesis 4. No respect of concern for God. In Second Peter, 
disregard for marriage vows or marriage in Matthew 24 verse 38 rejection of the inspired word of God 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 1 population explosion Genesis 6 verses 1 and 11 uh, worldwide violence and corruption Genesis 6 verse 11 sex crazy Genesis 6 verse 2 blaspheming cursing God Jude 1 verse 15 open satanic activity Genesis 1 verses 1 through 4 men, men loving to do wickedness and abnormal acts in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 now we look we look at all the wickedness in the world today and we see the just like in Noah's day is happening today now what have we hope how we then we preach the same message that Noah preached. You know what excites me about preaching anymore? I, I get to read Noah. He preached for 120 years. Think about that for just a second. He had one message. You know what that message was? Look, if I preach the same message twice, somebody come in, you preached that before. Think about old Noah. He got up every morning and preached the same message. Same message. Repent. Repent. God is coming. The world's going to be flooded. Repent. Change your mind. Come to God. That was his one message for 120 years, and he only had five people saved. Wasn't it five? I think it was. Five people, eight souls. Eight souls. He had eight people saved. Think about that. In 120 years. I've been preaching all these years, and I've had more than that saved by preaching. Amen. But I don't get discouraged anymore then. I just keep doing the same thing. I like what I had one old fellow stopped me at the, a preacher I've been knowing for years. And he stopped me at the hospital one time, some time back. And he said, Hey, preacher, how you doing? And we sat there and talked for a minute. And he said, You still preaching that old hellfire brimstone preaching? I said, I didn't know there was anything else. Amen. I don't preach the same thing. I got, there's nothing new. I've had people come up to me, Preacher, can't you preach something new? There's nothing new. Preaching of the God's Word is preaching the same old thing. Getting up there every Sunday, every time you come to church, every time you preach, preach the same old message. Jesus saves. That's the message. Amen? Now, I want you to watch something. You know how I know that? Look at Philippians chapter 3 for a minute. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. And be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now, I want to give you something. You must be righteous to enter into heaven. You can't get in any other way. You've got to be righteous. If you go there in your own self, God will say to you, Depart from me, I never knew you. You must go there in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only righteousness there is is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ washing your sins away by faith. That makes you righteous. Now, turn with me to Romans uh, chapter 3 for just a minute. Romans chapter 3. Why don't you look at verse 22? Well, let's go back to verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all 
and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. The whole idea is there is no different preaching. We're living in days today that we see all this mess going on, and I do believe this. I had a person ask me the other day, Preacher, do you think it's worse today than it was when you was a little boy? (coughs) And I said, yeah, it is. And they said, well, that's what I thought. No, you didn't. Under, you don't understand. It was more, there's more people today. That's the only reason that it's worse today than it was when I was a little boy. When I was a little boy, we lived way back on the farm. Uh, it was five miles to the nearest person's house from where I lived back then. Next door, you look over your fence and there's ten people looking back at you. Amen? I mean, everywhere you look, there's people today. That's the reason it's worse today. But as far as man's heart is concerned, it hasn't changed. The Bible says that man's heart's desperately wicked, and who can know it? I don't even know my own heart, neither do you. You better lay it open before God and let Him take care of it. Amen? Let Him replace that old stony heart, the Bible says, with His righteousness. And His righteousness is what makes you different. Now, people don't have to die and go to eternal burning hell today. People don't have to perish with this earth. All people have to do today is claim Christ's right by faith. Listen to that. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The, the real joy of handling the Word of God is being able to tell anybody. I don't care who it is, what they've done. You tell them, you want to go to heaven with me? I, I talked to a man here a while back. I said, look. I came down to see you and I want you to go to heaven with me. It's the only reason. I just want to talk to you about going to heaven with me. And you know what he said to me and I never will forget it. Because he said my two brothers are preachers in Kentucky. He said, Preacher, do you believe in handling rattlesnakes? Uh, no. Uh, he said, uh, well, my two brothers told me if God told them to handle rattlesnakes, they'd do it. I said, I would too. If God told me to handle a rattlesnake, I'd do it. But I said, God ain't told me to handle a rattlesnake. Amen? And he ain't told them to either. He said, that's what I thought. He said, can you show me in the Bible what is right and what God demands out of us? I said, sure can. In about 15 or 20 minutes, I led him to saving faith in Christ. Now you think about it. After all that mess that he had seen with his eyes and heard, and people done in just a few minutes realizing what God says in His righteousness, and that's what makes a difference. Amen? It's not all this mess that's going on. I look at the riots, and I look at the people, and, and I look at them, and I say, Good night, I don't understand how people can be that mean and that ornery and do the things they're doing, same as in Noah's day. I think about this. Can you imagine the Bible says that God told Noah to come into the ark? That means that God's already in the ark. He said, come into the ark. And then the Bible says that God shut the door. Now, 
Folks, that's eternal security. Once you're in Christ and God shuts the door, who's going to open it? Nobody's going to open it. But you know what I think about a lot of time? Do you hear all them screaming and hollering outside now that the door's shut and it starts raining and the water starts rising and the people are dying all around them and now they're screaming and hollering? Too late. God shut the door. And nobody's going to open that door now. You know what's scary? And what makes me keep going on every day of my life? I want that one more saved before it's too late. Just one more. If I could get the Gospel to one more and hear them say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'll take Him as best I know how to be my Lord and Savior. That's what it's about. That makes Him righteous. That makes Him ready for heaven. And I'm so glad that God called me to preach and be able to tell people about it. Amen. And it's so easy. I wish people could get it. And it's time that people started looking around them, seeing what's going on, and understand that these things are happening for a purpose. Open your eyes. Look at things. God wants you to be ready. And you can be ready. And I am ready. And I even pray every day like the Bible tells us come. Even so come Lord Jesus. Wouldn't it be something if we just, as we meet here tonight and we read the Bible and study God's Word together that all of a sudden the earth, the heavens would open and Jesus would appear. Do you ever think about that? What a glorious moment that's going to be when we see Jesus for the first time. And the Bible says He's coming after us. Man, I'm looking forward to that day. And I pray every day. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not a martyr. I'm not saying I want to be killed here tonight. I want to live as long as I can. And I mean it. If God wants me to live from now on, I want to live, but I want to have a good life and do it. But I'm going to tell you something else. I'm ready. If, if this is my last day on the face of this earth, I'm ready to go. And I'm ready for Him to come back. And I long for Him to come back. I enjoy what God has done for me on this earth and how He's blessed me. My grandkids, my kids all come over today for Father's Day and they brought me all these gifts. I thought I was something else. They said, now, Grandpa and Grandma, they put us at the table. Y'all don't do anything. We got everything prepared for you. And we want to take care of y'all today. I don't know about you. That makes me feel good. Amen? That's good to be alive. Good to have a family around But that don't mean I don't want Jesus to come. I'd rather see Him come right now than anything in this world. And I look for Him, and I pray for Him, and I say, Lord, come today. If it be Your will, Lord, I'm ready. And I want everybody around me to go with me. Amen? And all you have to do is turn your face, just like that man today, by faith. Turn your face to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I believe You're my Savior. And I'm asking you out of my heart the best I know how right now to come into my life and save my soul. That makes you righteous in the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus. And you're ready. And Jesus could come for you. Amen? Amen. Father, it's been a good day in the house of the Lord. We thank you, dear God, for each one that's come, each one that's listened, everyone that's rejoicing. The phone calls that I'm getting from all over, 
listeners to us on iPod and podcast, Lord, it's listening to the Word of God. And I thank you for every one of them. So I ask you to bless.